What is up, ambitious listeners? Wherever, whenever, however you are listening to this episode, I hope you're doing great during these trying times. I hope that our content can provide you a little bit of a break in the day during all the craziness. And I hope that we are delivering some incredible content for you in the lead up to the NFL draft. Because with that said, today's first mock draft of mock draft season from the ambitious with Dylan Price is here. Um, Some really cool picks, some guys I'm really fond of make it into the first round, and uh, all leading up to our rankings next week of position by position. Also, Section 9's premier athlete, superstar basketball player Kevin Stein, freshly committed to SUNY Oneonta to play basketball for the next four years, and Ryan Costello, beast at linebacker from Port Jervis High School. Both guys, phenomenal athletes. It's a great episode. After a quick word from our distributing and presenting sponsor anchor you will hear my mock draft 1.0 and two phenomenal interviews ladies and gentlemen it is officially mock draft season here at ambitious with dylan price last year we did a couple mock drafts this year we are only going to do two one this week a week in between and one in the coming weeks prior to the draft and if all goes to plan a catching up on the rumors pre-draft episode. So, we got a lot of picks, um, a lot of analysis. I'm going to kind of go quick, but the first top 10 is probably the easiest to explain, and then after that, I'll probably go quicker with my justifications, but... Um, I think I'm pretty confident in all these picks, so I'll start from the beginning. With the first pick, the Bengals are going to select Joe Burrow, quarterback of LSU. I'm pretty confident in this one, and I think the whole NFL world is. Joe Burrow is a premier prospect. He's an Ohio kid. He's meant to be a Cincinnati Bengal. It's more of a matter of what happens with Andy Dalton and what happens with Burrow wanting to be in Cincinnati. It seems like he's going to be happy there, though. So the match is set. I don't believe all the smoke, and this year I think that we won't get a young quarterback being traded again like Rosen last year in order for Murray to be selected for the Cardinals. I think Chase Young is still the pick at number two to Washington Redskin, or to the Washington Redskins out of Ohio State. The man's a beast, and he is going to be a game wrecker for Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera is definitely excited for that pick, and Young immediately is going to turn that defense into a pretty damn good unit, and definitely going to be uh, giving Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, and Dak Prescott some nightmares. Jeffrey Okuda, corner out of Ohio State, is definitely the pick here to Detroit at number three. They traded away Darius Slay to Philly, and it just makes too much sense for Okuda not to be the pick here. Um, I think that Okuda is probably the best corner in this class, and I think he is uh, definitely going to become their number one for the future there, and Desmond Trufant and him are going to make a pretty good duo out there in Detroit. At number four, New York Giants. They select Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, safety, freak athlete from Clemson. Simmons lit up the combine, and he's probably one of, next to Chase Young and a couple other guys, one of my top prospects in this draft. Um, Top meaning favorite players to watch. Um, Simmons is going to be an absolute beast, pairing him with Blake Martinez, too, on that Giants defense. If that Giants defense, they're a couple pieces away 
overall as a team from being a really good unit. I think that maybe another weapon or another offensive lineman or two for Daniel Jones and all of a sudden that team could make some noise for the NFC East this year because that defense is going to be really good with Simmons then you had James Bradbury into the mix Blake Martinez Dexter Lawrence that defense DeAndre Baker that defense is going to be pretty good with a lot of potential number five Tua Tagovailoa quarterback Alabama Two, the Miami Dolphins. I think Tua has been the pick here for the longest time, and I don't think they'll change up now. And I think that uh, Miami and Tua are both going to be very happy with one another. At number six, same thing here. Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon, to the Los Angeles Chargers. Makes too much sense not to happen. Herbert could become the face of that team for the future and sit behind Tyrod Taylor for a year to develop and kind of mold. And honestly, he could probably take it over rather quickly and compete for the job because Herbert's probably the most pro-ready of the three guys. I think Burrow still has a couple issues to work out, um, but for the most part, he's far and away the best um, of the three because of two of his injury concerns, and Herbert Herbert probably has the lowest ceiling of the three. Burrow could flame out and be a bust, as could Tua with injuries, but Herbert's probably the lowest ceiling and most pro-ready at this time. But I think Burrow and Tagovailoa are more talented when healthy and when... Um, or well, healthy in Tagovailoa's case and when um, with a decent offense and some pieces around him in Burrow's case. Derek Brown, defensive lineman... He's a beast. Absolute beast. Uh, Carolina gets a good player here at seven. Uh, Matt Rule has done a lot for that team already in changing the culture. Uh, They got rid of Cam Newton. Now they have Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. P.J. Walker as backup. Robbie Anderson from the Jets brought in there. And now Derek Brown. And you get three pieces in free agency to kind of change the culture. Number eight, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Didn't have to give up a first, and now they get the left tackle of the future in Tristan Wirfs to solidify an incredible offseason for that offense by Steve Keim and the Arizona Cardinals at number 8. Number 9, the Jacksonville Jaguars select C.J. Henderson, corner, Florida. The kid is probably the best corner, second to Okuda. Um, he's very talented. He replaces Jalen Ramsey and could definitely develop into a suitable first corner for them. And, uh, he stays in Florida. Good pick for Jacksonville as long as he's there. Number 10 and number 11, both are going to be toss-ups here. For the Browns, I have them taking the lower ceiling, um, or lower, I guess, issue prospect of the two. I think that Thomas has been guaranteed to be a good player from the beginning. He's the most ready of all four of the tackles to start right away. I think they can slot Thomas in at left tackle, Conklin at right tackle, and just like Arizona, Cleveland would have had a phenomenal offseason for that offense, and Baker would have his left tackle, the future, and right tackle. And then at 11, the Jets take the guy that Cleveland passes up on, presumably here, Mekhi Becton, the force out of Louisville. The only reason he falls, I think, past Cleveland is I think that they're not ready to take a risk yet. Andrew Barry just took over there as GM, and I think that although Mekhi Becton and Conklin would be an incredible duo, just like Tom Thomas and Conklin, 
I think that Becton has a lot more risk because of his size. He might not be as fast as Thomas, but I think in the combine he proved that. So I really do think it's a coin flip with all four of the tackles on who gets picked where. I think Wirfs is a little bit better than Becton, Thomas, and Willis at this or Wills at this time, but I think that uh for this case scenario, we just put Thomas at ten and Becton at eleven. 12, I have Jerry Judy being the pick to the Oakland Raiders. He's like a Amari Coo- Cooper prototype, the guy who was drafted by the Raiders. So now Judy goes there and becomes the number one guy there for that offense. Number 13, another receiver, CeeDee Lamb from Ole Miss, heads to San Francisco to be their number one receiver. I think him and Debu Samuel would be an absolutely phenomenal combo for Kyle Shanahan. 14, Jedrick Wills. He becomes the newest offensive lineman there in Tampa to protect Tom Brady. They've already got some great offensive pieces, or pieces with Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones, and... Mike er uh, and Chris Godwin. Well, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Forgot which one I said first. But Jedrick Wills would be a great future left tackle and great future offensive lineman for them. Fifteen Henry Ruggs and the Denver Broncos, a match made in heaven. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and Henry Ruggs would be a phenomenal young wide receiver trio for Drew Locke to work with. Ruggs is incredible. And he's a fast receiver. Cortland Sutton can be their number one. Ruggs number two. And Hamilton working out of the slot. That's a dangerous trio. Number 16, Javon Kinlaw, defensive lineman. He's a beast as well. And uh, I think he's going to be able to give Grady Jarrett um, some more time there in Atlanta to make some plays because right now he doesn't have a complimentary defensive tackle and Javon Kinlaw can be that. Number 17, Clivion Chason. He is a great edge rusher, the second best in this class. I think he would immediately become a force on that defense in Dallas, but I think that uh, a pick to watch here if they don't take Chase on is Zach Bond, the edge rusher out of Wisconsin, who we'll talk about in a sec. Number 18, Dolphins' second first-round pick. They grab Xavier McKinney of Alabama safety. He's a talented player, good pick for them, and starting to just add pieces more and more around that defense for um, Brian Flores. 19, Jeff Gladney to Oakland. They walk out of this draft with one of the top three best corners in Gladney at a TCU, and they walk out of this draft with Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Bama. That's a great class for John Gruden and Mike Mayock in their second year. 20th pick, Zach Bond, edge rusher to Jacksonville. He's from Wisconsin. He's a typical Wisconsin pass rusher. You had TJ Watt come out a few years ago. You had JJ Watt come out a few years ago. They're quick, smart, intellectual guys, and that is what Zach Bond is. He's a very smart, high IQ pass rusher. He takes risks when need be, but other than that, he's very good um, against the run, and he's just a very good leader, too, from that Wisconsin defense. He's a great piece, and walking out of this draft with Bond and Henderson is a very good situation for the Jaguars. Uh, I think they should be very happy if this happens. 21st pick, this one seems like a lock, Justin Jefferson, LSU to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that no matter what, I think the Eagles will grab a receiver here unless some incredible player slips to them, but Jefferson was a beast. He put up video game numbers against uh, Oklahoma in the college football playoff, and he was Burroughs' number one. Now he becomes Wentz's number one in Philadelphia. 22, Christian Fulton, corner to Minnesota Vikings. Really like this pick. I think Fulton is a very talented corner, and he could fill Trey Wayne's spot and become the um, number two and future number one guy there in Minnesota. 
23, Patriots, they grabbed the best player available, not a quarterback, Grant Delpit, safety, LSU. He's reminiscent of Jamal Adams in my eyes. He is not Jamal Adams, but he's a leader, and he's tackling is the biggest issue. And if anybody's going to teach him the fundamentals of football, why not the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick? Grant Delpit is the pick here, and he becomes a very talented player, I think, for that Patriots defense. Kenneth Murray, linebacker, Oklahoma. He goes to the New Orleans Saints here at 24. They also pass on a quarterback. Notice a trend here. I think Murray's a high IQ guy. He's athletic. He's got incredible sideline-to-sideline ability, and he immediately becomes a great piece for that Saints defense. 25, Denzel Mims, wide receiver, Baylor. Freak athlete, really tall, really lengthy, fast, great player to add next to Adam Thielen. And I think that this kind of supplements the loss of Stefan Diggs. But I do think that... uh, a guy like Henry Ruggs or a guy like Justin Jefferson, a real good speed guy to put next to Thielen would have been better, but Mims is still a very talented piece to develop into a potential number one one day. 26, maybe a reach here. I really like him at this spot, and I think he's a high-value pick. That's Josh Jones of Houston, offensive tackle. I think he's the number five left tackle in this class. He is got a lot of potential, but he's just off of that top four. I think Jones immediately will probably be the right tackle, but I think he can develop into their left tackle with some time and fill that Laramie Tunzel role and really walk out of this class being the protector for Tua Tagovailoa. And honestly, they could leave him on the right side because that's Tua's blind side and develop him that way. And then you have Xavier McKinney too from that draft class for Miami, and that's a good class by Brian Flores in their front office. 27th pick, your Turgros Matos, edge rusher, Penn State. He is a force. I watched him a lot this season as a Penn State fan, and he is a great edge rusher. He would be um, a unique replacement for Jadavian Clowney because he is more of a um, down edge rusher. I think that Clowney is more of a stand-up guy, and I think that... um, Gross Matos may actually have more production in his first season sack-wise than Clowney did. Number 28, Cesar Ruiz, interior offensive lineman from Michigan. Ruiz is a very unique pick here. Um, They've drafted the guy they liked a lot the last few years. Last year, Hollywood Brown and a couple years ago, Lamar Jackson. Now this year, Cesar Ruiz. They're not willing to adhere to where they think a guy should go. They're going to pick the guy they like. I heard they like Ruiz a lot. Ruiz is talented. He's a borderline second-round guy, but I think he would be a great steal here for the Ravens because I like him a lot. I think he's one of the top offensive linemen in a loaded offensive lineman class that's top-heavy. I think he might actually be the best interior offensive lineman in this class as well. Great pick for Baltimore here at 28. 29, A.J. Espenza of Iowa. Espenza was the top edge rusher heading into the season before Chase Young burst on the scene. He was looked at as the the ideal and projected number one pick heading into this year by a lot of people, and Espenza is a beast. Or, Espenza, sorry. Um... He's a beast. Uh, I say that about a lot of guys in this class. Notice a trend. There's a lot of really good defensive players in this class, but a lot of guys kind of spread out. And he is one of my favorite prospects. I like watching him. I think that he had a tough combine. This hurt his draft stock. He could even slip into the second round. But the Titans pick up a guy here who would be a great fit in the Mike Vrabel defense. 
Number 30, I thought about a quarterback here for the Packers, but I go Neville Gallimore, interior defensive lineman. Gallimore, another kind of second-round guy who could slip into the first. I think that they pass on Jordan Love here. I think they'll have an opportunity to maybe trade up for a quarterback later in the second round or draft the guy in the third, but they've got a mentality of drafting a quarterback every year. Love slipped, and I think Love slips out of the first round, and only three quarterbacks are drafted in the first round. But Gallimore, good player, and he will immediately uh, be a force on that defensive line. Number 31, Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle, Georgia. Uh, over Austin Jackson here, I thought about it, but I think Wilson slips into the first round. I think San Francisco here, they'll walk out of the draft with two new pieces to help Jimmy Garoppolo, C.D. Lamb, and Isaiah Wilson will bolster that offense. And the last pick, the Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs select Noah Ig bin O. Jenny of Auburn. He's a very good cornerback, and he is the 32nd pick in the draft, and that is Mock Draft 1.0. Let us know what you thought of these picks. Uh, Obviously, some of these guys are very talented and could slip out of the first round. A lot of teams fall in love with players and become set to those guys, as you've seen from my Mock Drafts last year. It's very, very hard to project where these guys are going to land, but I'm actually very confident in some of these fits, and um, I'm going to probably do my rankings next week for where I rank every guy at each position. So that is that, and now on to some incredible interviews with basketball player out of Chester, Kevin Stein. He's committed to SUNY Oneonta for basketball, and Ryan Costello of Port Jervis, a future star at linebacker out of Section 9 as well. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest was the BCA NY Class B Player of the Year for Section 9. He was an all-star with the second most points in Chester High School history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the newest SUNY Oneonta basketball player to the show, Kevin Stein. Kevin, how's it going? Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. So kind of going back to this season, how was the season from your perspective for Chester? Um, I mean, going 20 and 0, no matter who you're playing, is a pretty good accomplishment. I mean, the season didn't end how we wanted it to, but uh, looking back on it, I think it was a great season. You know, we uh, beat a lot of expectations that people had for us. So, all in all, I think it was a good season, and a lot of us got better than we were when we started. Of all your accolades and accomplishments this season individually, what would you say was your biggest accomplishment and in your perspective? Uh, uh, I would say player of the year because I know I think to be the player of the year it takes more than just scoring, being a leader, assist, rebounds, all the stats. So I think player of the year is probably my favorite accolade that I received this year. With all that's going on in the basketball world right now and everything um, with the past with Kobe and everything, is there anybody that maybe a legend or a current player that you look up to and model your game after? Uh, well, my favorite player of all time is Jamal Crawford. That's actually why I wear number 11. Hmm. So just watching him, you know, the fancy dribble moves and the crazy shots was just so cool to watch. And, you know, I just always grew up a fan. Now you're... Heading to the next level to play basketball at SUNY Oneonta, what made them the ideal fit for you? Um, you know, I was getting recruited by a couple D three schools, and I don't know, just going to Oneonta just felt right. I mean, the coaching staff is awesome. 
they were recruiting me heavily and they made me feel wanted. So I think just going to Oneonta was the right move for not only basketball-wise, but school-wise as well. Now, what are your expectations maybe for year one at Oneonta? Um, I'm definitely going to get used to college basketball because I know how different it is. But um, I want to, you know, not only just be there just to be there, I want to get some playing time, you know, help the team out, win. So I want to do everything I can to help the team and not just be there. What are your, I guess, you'd say your worst aspects of your game? Like, if you had any weaknesses you'd have to pinpoint that you'd like to fix before you got to the next level or at the next level? Um, I'd definitely like to fix the non-basketball things. Like, um, you know, obviously speed, jumping ability, you know, all that stuff. Like, the athleticism things. And, you know, I mean, I think this summer is going to be a good chance for me to really improve on all that stuff because, you know, I have a lot of time off and, once this, you know, coronavirus goes away, I'm going to be in the gym often. Now, how are you as a athlete getting ready for college basketball, which is, you know, going to take a transition and going to take a lot of working out and prepping for that? How are you still keeping yourself physically and mentally um, in that basketball shape with all the stuff going on right now? Um, why not? I mean... I've been I've gone on a couple runs. Uh, I do a lot of calisthenics, pull ups, push ups, sit ups, all that stuff. And I've been trying to watch a lot of game film, see where I could like see mistakes and stuff that I could have done better. Trying to tweak myself, just always trying to improve as much as I can under any circumstance. But I know these are not good ones. But now, what is the goal for you? Maybe even looking past college basketball, is the goal to try to make a push and try to head towards the pros, or is it to you know play college basketball to the best of your abilities and kind of see what happens next? Uh, I mean, if I got the opportunity to play pro, I mean it would definitely be considered. Uh, I think playing basketball past college is uh, really tough, no matter where it is, what country, what league. So, I mean, if I got the opportunity, I would. it would definitely be taken into deep consideration. But I'm not 100%, 100% sure yet what I would do. Mm-hmm. But all, I've been thinking about all of it, and sound, playing pro sounds pretty good. <laughs> now, looking towards, um, you know, I guess looking very far in advance towards that aspect of it, is there any team you dream to play for? Like the team you grew up saying, oh, I'm going to be a New York Nick. Oh, I'm going to be a Los Angeles Laker. I always grew up a Miami fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really started watching, like, really, really started watching basketball and when LeBron came to Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. So just seeing them, all those all those guys, it was a, that's what I grew up watching. And I mean, I'm still a Miami fan to this day, but... I think that's what really like kind of like pushed me into liking basketball, just seeing all the alley-oops and three-pointers and all the just cool basketball plays. Off the field, or not off the field, off the court, who has had the biggest impact to your career? Uh, I mean, my mom, obviously. My mom, this has been me and my mom, you know, uh, basically since I was little. So she's definitely, she had to drive me to practices, uh, tournaments, games, if I forgot my jersey, she was there to bring it to me. So she definitely has. But as like a coach, uh, I played for OC Kings, Orange County Kings, a basketball travel team. And Coach Sal has definitely had a huge effect on my life. I mean, he gets me in the gym. He's there when I just need to text him about something. Uh, he breaks down game film for me. He gives me advice. So definitely he's helped me a lot in my basketball career. 
And on the court, you did just mention your coach from OC Kings, but aside from maybe him, is there anybody else who's really had the biggest impact on your basketball career? Um, I mean, yeah, my school coach, he lets me get into the gym. He's, he'll stay after practice, let me get extra shots up sometimes. And um, Gym Rats is where I train at. Coach Dustin, Coach E, everybody at Gym Rats, Coach Ryan. I mean, they do a great job over there. They got a lot of customers, and they still are able to fit everybody in and help everybody out. So uh, Gym Rats basketball definitely helped me on the court. Now, Growing up in, I guess, maybe this area as a whole, in Section 9 isn't a very um, highly looked at area for premier athletes. Is What is your goal for maybe college for maybe furthering the idea that Section 9 does produce a lot of great athletes? Oh, I think Section 9 is definitely an underrated uh, place because, um, I mean, we have so many good players here. Like, the Newburgh King was number two in the state. Kingston was number six. I mean, we were number four. I mean, there's so many good teams here and good players. And I think that if you're a college coach, Section 9 is definitely a place to look because a lot of players are hungry because they don't get recruited as much. So I think that a lot of these players just need an opportunity and they can really show you what they got. Now, I want to play a little game here. I played this with a couple NFL draft prospects and a couple other athletes that have come on the show. I kind of want to name a trait or a couple traits um, of basketball and of being successful. Um, and from a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best, could you name or give a number of how you think you are at that skill? Does that sound good? Yeah. So your leadership ability? Uh, I'll say a four. Your basketball IQ? Mm, yeah, I'll give that a four. Your three-point shooting? Uh, three and a half. Your mid-range shooting? Two and a half, three. Your passing? Uh, three, four. I'll give my passing a four. And defense? Two and a half, three. So of those of those traits I said, is there anything that maybe I didn't say that you think sets you apart from the rest of the players and as a whole? Uh, I mean, I think um, I consider myself a team first player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what it takes as long as we win. I'll score zero points. And as long as we win, I'll be happy because that was just my goal this year, just win, win as much as we can. I think we did a good job, but. Yeah, I'm definitely a team first player. Well, Kevin, I got one final question for you before we close out here. My final question, I ask this for every guest that comes on. It's a little bit of a hard question, especially um, for high school athlete and high school or to answer here. But what, when it's all said and done, your basketball career, your life as a whole, what is your ideal legacy that you want to leave? Um, I think I want people to know how hard I really worked. I mean... Uh, I think hard work is no matter who you are, no matter where you start off as talent wise, I think hard work can get you where you want to be. Um, I think I want to look back and think that I really like gave it all. I don't want to look back and be like, uh, I really wish that I cared more here or cared more there. I want to just say I left it all out on the court and no matter where it ends, how it ends, I think I just want to look back and be happy with how it ended and not have any regrets.
Well, Kevin, thank you very much for taking the time to come on. Before we close out, I do want to give you the opportunity to plug your social medias, plug whatever you'd want before we uh, finish up here. Um, my Instagram, Kevin Stein 11 and uh, my Twitter is Kevin underscore Stein 77. Thank you very much for taking the time to come on, Kevin. It was great sitting down with you, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck at the next level. Thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is the Beast from Port Jervis High School. He is a highly underrated and also highly unbeatable linebacker. He is a beast, and he is one of the best football players in Section 9. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Ryan Costello. Ryan, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, man. So thanks for coming on. And starting from last season, how did you feel that season went for you guys? Um, I think we had the best season we possibly could have had, pretty much. Um, you know, we went two and seven my sophomore year, and then you know we ended up going nine and three. You know, this past year, and we were one of the the uh, the most talked about teams in the section, and it was like I couldn't ask for a better season. Now that's a big turnaround, and you guys have grown a lot under your coach and kind of developed a lot more. How has your coach had an impact on your game? Um, our coach, you know, he came in and he just pretty much introduced a whole new culture for our team. Um, you know, uh, pretty much something that we never had before. It's just, um, he's always, you know, on us, making sure that, you know, we're doing what we got to do in the weight room, in the classroom, um, outside of school, you know, helping us, you know, not only on the football field, but just to grow and to be great men as well. You know, he's a really good guy. Now you flip the switch and you've got a lot of talent on that team. As you look forward to your senior year, what is your biggest goal for the team? My biggest goal is the state championship. Um, we fell one game short of that last year by uh, one point. We lost 8-7 to seven in the state semifinal game. And, you know, all of us, you know, we really want to, you know, get to the Dome in Syracuse and compete for a state championship because we know that, you know, we're right there and we're, the, we're our biggest enemy. We just got to get out of our own way. Now, individually, what is your biggest expectation for next season? Um, individually, um, I would say I just I want to be the best linebacker in Section Nine. Um, which I, you know, I, I, you know, I would say, you know, I'm already up there, but you know, I want to be, you know, the best. Um, I want to, you know, just beat all of my my stats from last year, and you know, just. You know, I, I, honestly, all I really want is that state championship. I mean, I couldn't talk about, you know, I couldn't talk about how much I want that. Now, as a player, how do you feel you've developed in, in your first three years of high school? Um, you know, coming in my freshman year, you know, physically I've developed um, exponentially. You know, I came in, you know, freshman year about 155 pounds, and I'm up to about 215 right now. And, you know, so that's just that's just physically, but also, um, you know, I've, I've just grown as a player and as a person. Um, you know, my skill set has just gone up and up and up every single year. And, um, you know, I've just done it with, you know, the help of my teammates. You know, they're just built, they build me every single day and they just shape me into the player that I am. Now, as you head towards your senior year, what is the plan for you for football beyond high school? Um, the plan for me is uh, play in college. Um, I've been receiving, uh, re, uh, receiving interest from uh, a couple D1s, a couple D2s, 
Um, so, you know, I'm just, you know, waiting to, uh, you know, get an offer sometime, you know, if not this year, probably next year. And then, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll take that next step and um, head off to uh, college. Are there a couple schools right now, and you don't have to mention anything specifically, but um, are there any schools right now that have kind of stuck out in your opinion? Um, well, I visited uh, Fordham, which was in the which is in the Bronx. Um, they're a D one program. Um, I was supposed to visit Monmouth, which is in New Jersey, which is also D one, but um, unfortunately that visit got canceled due to uh, the coronavirus. Um, I was also gonna visit Stony Brook in New York, which is also D one, um, and that also got canceled due to coronavirus. And then um, a couple other schools that were looking at me is. Uh, Cutstown University. Um, I got a little bit of interest from uh, UVA, which is uh, University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it as far as recruiting. And uh, also a, uh, a little bit from Maris. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. Now, a lot of Section 9 players, including some of the top guys, Aiden Simo, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the section. And um, you guys are a very good talent or talented quarterback yourself, but a lot of uh, players are starting to garner more D1 interest. How do you feel that Section 9 gets treated on a more national scope? Do you feel that Section 9 is heavily underrated? Um, I think I think it, we're doing a lot better than we used to be doing. Um, I feel like you see a lot more guys getting D1 looks, um, especially, you know, um, the 2020, 2021, and the 2022 class. Um, I feel like you know, these past couple of classes have really stepped it up from uh, past years. But um, I think, you know, we can still, you know, we still have a lot of undiscovered talent that, you know, once they, you know, once they reach the surface and, you know, coaches start to see them, you know, we'll start to stick out even more. Now, as you look towards playing football at the next level and beyond that, what is your ultimate goal for your football career? Um, My ultimate goal for my football career um, well, you know, that's a good question because, you know, a lot of people, you know, will say, you know, I want to play in the NFL. And of course, you know, if I had the chance, which is very, 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 very slim, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I had the chance, I'd you know, definitely go after it. But, you know, I do have, you know, other, um, other plans, you know, set for, for my life beyond football, um, that I want to do. And, um, you know, if I could play football at, at you know the highest level possible, you know, I you know I would do it 100. percent But you know, if it's not, you know, if it's not meant to be, then it's not meant to be. Now, what are some of those plans for life beyond football? Um, uh, I've been you know thinking about doing something as of starting my own business and becoming an entrepreneur um, in the field of uh, exercise science and kinesiology or athletic training and physical therapy, something around there. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, start their own businesses that are successful, and I feel like they do they do very well in life when they start, you know, their own business, you know, money-wise, and also, you know, just they, they seem a lot, you know, a lot more motivated, a lot more happy with what they're doing than a lot of other people. Now, on the field, who has had the biggest impact to your career? As far as like coaches or players, yes. Um, I would say as as coaches, um, I would say our current coach, uh, Damian Sharsky. Um, he's 
know, he, you know, he's always, you know, talking to me. Um, you know, he's he's way more than a coach or a teacher. You know, he's a he's a real mentor, and he's you know he's always there for you. You know, he's one of those guys. You know that you know if you ever need anything, he'll he'll be there for you in a heartbeat. You know, he really cares about um, his players and really cares about um, you know what we do beyond football. You know, he loves football, cares about that, but he really cares about um, the men that we become. Mm-hmm. And um, on the field, um, I think there's too many too many to pick. Um, I have a lot of guys that I grew up with that I've been playing since playing with since I was in like first grade that I still play with, and there's a lot of there's a lot of them. It would just be too many to name. <laughs> now off the field, who has had the biggest impact on your career? Oh, uh, easily my mom and dad. Um, they're there for me every step of the way. Anything I need, I can go to them. Um, you know, with football, um, you know, they're they've always been willing to you know go anywhere I want. Um, you know, they have no uh, impact on my college decision. They just want me to go wherever I feel the happiest and feel most at home. And, um, you know, they've already told me, you know, wherever I go, you know, they're going to be at every single game, no matter where it is. So, you know, they've, they've really been truly supportive throughout this journey that I've been on. Now, you've gotten to do some very cool things, including playing, I believe, in the International Bowl and getting to play against some elite competition. How are some of those experiences? Uh, those experiences are awesome. You really get to um, find out the kind of player you are when you play in that type of environment. Um, I played with a lot of a lot of uh, talent that is getting recruited by um, you know very very pre- uh, prestigious D one schools. Um, you know, there was a couple of kids on my team. Um, that are that were already committed, actually. Um, so you know when you when you get out there and you see that type of competition and stack yourself up against them, you know you really see where you're at. And um, you know when you're in that environment, you kind of you know with all that competition and everyone who is just as good as you, you know you find you really you really find out you know what kind of player are you? You know are you someone that folds under pressure or are you someone that steps up to the plate? Now, I believe the International Bowl, correct me if I'm wrong, was held in Dallas, Texas at AT&T Stadium. How was that experience yeah. playing there? Um, that, that, was, that was a great experience. That was my first time playing on an NFL field, mm-hmm. um, you know, and especially, you know, playing in that dome. Um, their stadium is, you know, insane. You know, the locker rooms are insane. Um, you know, just being able to play on that field and then be able to play on, you know, ESPN is just, you know, an insane thing to do. You know, that not a lot of people get to do. So, um, you know, I'm very proud and very humble to say that, you know, I got to do that. Now, looking towards um, next season, how do you feel, what is worst case scenario for you, in your opinion? Obviously, you don't want to think about that, but what is worst case scenario for your football, I guess, in that sense? Um, I would say worst case scenario is, uh, something happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, injuries, you know, are a big thing in today's game, especially football. You know, it's a very, you know, aggressive sport that um, is very relentless and ruthless. Um, you know, you see a lot of guys go down every single year with, um, you know, injuries that take, you know, their seasons away, um, stuff like that. You know, a lot of stuff with, you know, tendons, ACLs, uh, ligaments, you know, concussions especially, you know, which is probably the biggest thing in today's game. Um, that is probably worst-case scenario. I try not to think about that, though. You know, I try to just you know, 
personally this year and how good I want this next year's team to be. Well, obviously, God willing, hopefully you don't get hurt. But looking kind of, I guess, in the aspect of with everything going on right now with the coronavirus, how are you continuing to train despite, you know, about not being in school and not having the opportunity to train with teammates and train with coaches? Um, I was blessed in my life with a uh, with a trainer in my life that uh, owns his own gym. And uh, so he trains me personally. And I, uh, I go there four days a week and train with him. Um, you know, he's got all the stuff that I need there. He's got, you know, any, everything from racks, barbells, dumbbells, benches, um, sled, a, a sled to push, um, a bunch of other accessories, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful to have something like, you know, something like that where I can go and just keep working, you know, because there's a lot of kids that, you know, don't have a place like that to go. And, they're you know, so I'm just, I'm very, you know, I'm very grateful and very blessed to have that resource to go to in my life. And that's awesome. And on the field, I guess, is there anybody you try to model your game after, emulate your game after, like a pro player? Um, I would say... I try to model my style after, uh, you know, he's a young player in the NFL, but his name is uh, Mac Wilson, and a lot of people know him from playing, from when uh, he played at Alabama. And um, if you, you know, just go and you watch, you know, his uh, highlight tapes when he was in college, I mean, he was just a ruthless player that, you know, um, you know, he was going to put his body on the line every single game. And, you know, he didn't really he didn't really care about anybody to be honest he just went out there and just you know he he just wanted to take your head off and um that's really you know kind of the uh the place that i like to play with you know just you know take no prisoners mentality and um you know he and he you know is the definition of that so i would say i, I model uh my play style after uh, Mac, Mac wilson now, is there a team or maybe even just a favorite player? You mentioned Mac Wilson, but is there a team in the NFL that you root for? Um, I am a Giants fan. Um, you know, we haven't been too good the past <laughs> couple of years. Uh, a couple of disappointing seasons. Um, but, you know, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We got some young guys, you know, and, you know, with all these, uh, these trades going on, you never know what can happen. You know, there's guys going places that, like, you would never think would ever, you know, go somewhere else besides that team that they were on. And um, so, I mean, anything could happen. There's still a lot of – there's still time left, you know, for the Giants, you know, to pick up a couple guys. And then, you know, we still got the draft. So, um, you know, I think I think there's good things in the future for the Giants, though. As much as I do want to pick on the Giants, A, I'm a Jets fan, so there's not much room to pick on you guys there. And then, okay, okay. And then B, you guys actually have made some pretty good moves in free agency, bringing in Blake Martinez and uh, Bradbury. It was actually pretty solid moves. And I do like the head yeah. coach, but do you think that Daniel Jones is the answer at quarterback? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He, he lit it up uh, the first couple of games last season, but, uh, you know, he, he fell off a little bit. You know, he wasn't terrible. Um, you know, I'll give him that. You know, it was his first year. He wasn't terrible. Um, but, you know, I think he can be a good quarterback. I think if, you know, um, you know, if he gets surrounded by the right by the right type of guys that, you know, fit his his uh, his play style, you know, he's not one of those guys that's really going to run a whole lot, kind of like Eli. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if, if we get a couple of, you know, couple more guys that can kind of fit his play style and get to know him really well I think I think he can be a a pretty good player in the league 
So my final question for you before we wrap up here, and I do ask this of every guest, so you can take as much time as you want. It's a bigger question to you know yeah. answer this one. So the, and the, the question for you is, when it's all said and done, your football career, your life after football, what is the legacy you would like to leave? Legacy I would like to leave? That's a good question. Um, I would say the legacy I'd like to leave um, I would I would like people, um, you know, especially you know the generations that come after me. Um, I would like them to, you know, look at me, and you know, just be, you know, just say like that's the type of that's the type of person you know that I want to be like when I'm older. You know how a lot of kids you know nowadays you know they look up to you know pro athletes and be like oh I want to be like him I want to be like him. You know that I think that's the kind of guy I want to be like. You know not only on the football field. But I want people to see the you know the the person that I am um, outside of football because that's something that I take pride in more than anything. Because if you know football gets taken away from me, you know I want to make sure that you know I have a lot more than that. And you know that's something that I build every day. Um, you know, and I really want to be remembered for you know who I am as a person, and you know more than what I did like on the football field. That's awesome. So I do want to give you this opportunity before we close out to um, just leave off on a general message, plug your social medias, or just a general statement to close out. All right. So um, my uh, my Instagram is Ryan Costello with two T's in the Costello. Um, so go follow me on there. Um, that's pretty much the only social media that I'll plug. I don't really plug my Snapchat, my Twitter like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, go feel. Uh, go give me a follow on Instagram, Ryan Costello, with two T's in Costello, because Ryan Costello itself was taken, so I had to uh, throw two T's in there. So go give me a follow-up on there. So thank you very much, Ryan, for taking the time to come on Ambitious, and that was Ryan Costello. Watch for him next year and in the future. My thanks to Ryan Costello and Kevin Stein for joining the show. It was a pleasure to sit down with them, both guys, very bright futures representing upstate New York. Hope you guys enjoyed our Mock Draft 1.0 as well. Give us a uh, like in uh, our Instagram post and comment below and give us a feedback on the draft and uh, let us know where we went wrong and what we could have done better for future mock drafts from a listening perspective. If you like this podcast, give us a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast Store. Subscribe. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts next week when we come back with another episode. And reminder, you can find us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP. Have a wonderful week, Ambitious listeners, and tune in next week for another phenomenal, spectacular, incredible, ambitious episode.